JJ Stankovitz back here at the NFL Combine with Lara Overton. We are joined right now by Dan Graziano from ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Graziano ESPN. Dan, first of all, just thanks for joining us here. Oh, sure. What have what have been your impressions just of the the I guess the rumors, the developments that you've got here at the NFL Combine? Because to me, it seems almost a little bit quiet. A little bit, but I think, you know, it's always been a place where initial conversations happen, right? So you know more by the end of the week than the beginning, and and by you I mean ideally us, but also the the teams and the agents that are having all these conversations ahead of free agency that they're not technically allowed to have. So, (laughs) and then in terms of the draft, you know, getting to size up some of these guys literally – and, uh, and and see what they're all about. So yeah, I think it's it's been a it's been a real kind of information gathering setup. And I think um, I, you know as a result, I'm looking forward to conversations over the next couple of days because I think people have a lot more information at this point in the week. What have you learned about the quarterback landscape and what might shape up in the next couple of weeks? I mean, it's interesting because we go into the offseason, we're thinking, well, this could be historic, right? Aaron Rodgers could get traded, Russell Wilson could get traded, Jimmy Garoppolo will get traded, and then in the past week, it starts to sound like, well, maybe Rodgers goes back and maybe Wilson is fine in Seattle. And now Jimmy Garoppolo is having surgery and he's not going to throw for four months. So are they going to be able to trade him and who's going to really want him? So now you're thinking, and and the draft apparently doesn't have any kind of game changers in the opinions of most people. So, you know, someone's going to probably sign Mitch Trubisky to be their starting quarterback, right? And then Jameis Winston, I'm sure, will get another look, assuming he comes back healthy off of his injury. So, you know, guys like that. So I I find it interesting that, that we... And again, Rodgers could could still leave. He could still demand a trade, right? And then that that's get, gets the wheels turning. But I find it interesting how quickly we got sort of to the next group, you know? With the trades that were made last year, when you look at the Rams for Matthew Stafford, what would Aaron Rodgers have to command? What would a team have to give up for a guy who is an NFL MVP? Well, I mean, I would think there'd have to be at least one first-round pick sure. in the deal and maybe more. Um but, you know, it's sliding scale, right? Because when you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to give him a contract. He's only got the one year left on his contract. And whether he stays or goes, they're going to have to do something with it because the cap number is $46 million, And they can't afford it, and, and neither could most teams. So if you know you have to pay him $45, 50000000 million a year for the next two or three years, no, that affects what you're willing to give up, right? Like, I, I don't give up, like, my next three first-round draft picks and all that money. Like, now I've got nothing. I've only got Aaron Rodgers. If he gets hurt, I'm, I'm toast. But, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think you can look at the price for Stafford last year as a as a good gauge, although that's complicated because that also did include Goff, who Detroit uses as a starter, and not everybody really has that to offer. So that's the other thing. Green Bay would have to figure out what to do a quarterback if they don't think Jordan Love's ready. A guy who's due, another quarterback who's due a payday coming up is Carson Wentz, the current Colts quarterback. From hearing... I've heard of him. From, you have, yes. indeed. A lot of conversations in yeah. particular this week regarding Carson Wentz, as we had general manager Chris Ballard and head coach Frank Reich both speak to begin all of the media availabilities that have been over the course of these few days at the convention center. In what you heard from both Chris and Frank, did that point you in any direction to where you think this relationship is headed over the next two weeks in regards to Carson Wentz? I think it's pretty clear that they want to look at every possible option, right? And so that tells you, obviously, that they're not satisfied with what they got from Carson this year. Now, I don't think that means that they're done with him, you know, because they may not come up with a better option. That's the thing people always forget. I mean, you can't just, like, automatically you know, make an upgrade appear. And uh, and he can play. I mean, he has started and had success in the league. But uh, I'm curious to see what they can come up with. Because I know that, I mean, it's a roster that feels like 
you know, it's it's pretty close, right? And and the what what they did last year in the run game, the pieces they have on defense, you know, I could see them feeling like the Rams did a year ago, right? I mean, like you know, hey, if we get the right guy in here, we could really kind of hit that next level. So I think they owe it to themselves and to the team and to their fans to, to look at that. I just don't know what they're going to come up with. I mean, you know, are you, I don't. I mean, are you going to get Russell Wilson to come here? Right, like that. That kind of that would be worth it. But would you want to go from Carson Wentz to Trubisky or Garoppolo? I mean, like maybe maybe the answer is yes, but the answer is not obviously yes. And I think that's that's probably the zone they're operating in right now. Right, and, and kind of what you were just talking about, Dan, about how you know it looks like Rodgers will stay in Green Bay, Russell Wilson's happy in Seattle. The the Kyler Murray thing seems like there's maybe not a whole lot there except some really small text. I think they're stuck a, with each other, those two. Yeah. yeah. So you know Derek Carr probably you know Josh McDaniels I committing think, yeah. to him here. So. You, you think about the other options that are out there, and they seem to be dwindling pretty fast. But the Colts are not the only team that are that is evaluating that position and looking to get get better. It seems like there are probably eight, nine, ten teams in that boat. How does that all play out when you maybe have this shrunken pool of top tier talent that you could go after? But all these other teams still are, are looking to upgrade there. What happens is it means your imperfect, you know, plan B option is going to cost more, right? Like if you want Trubisky, you're going to have to fight off three or four other teams. And that means that's great for him, right? The, the supply and demand, his price goes up. So, I mean, fortunately, the Colts are in position because of what Ballard does with the cap every year that they, I mean, they could theoretically add anyone they want, I mean, and, mm-hmm. and fit them in. Um, but that doesn't mean they want to do that. that. Doesn't mean you want to overpay. So it comes to a point where you're like, is it worth doing this, or are we actually better off with paying Carson Wentz 22 million this year? I know they have a decision because that the remaining seven is, is about to be guaranteed, right? In a week or so, I forget. Was it like third day of the league year, or fifth day? Uh, I think like I think Frank Wright was on March 19th. Yeah. I so um, they have to figure that out, but. Um, yeah, they will. I think things will start moving quickly once people get out of here. I, I think there's going to be a and, and once Rogers really lets everybody know what he's doing, mm-hmm. and then I think everybody can kind of move to their next uh, their next plan. What's and going on over here? Are bench moving press quickly at the bench press. Yes, yeah. that is the atmosphere that you're getting. We're just really wanting to be sure that you enjoy the full flavor of the combine experience. L- so, yes. Listen, so that somebody's, hype, that, somebody's that, high up. Somebody's in like the 30s at this point. That, hu- like that hype 27? guy. 27? 27? That, the hype guy there who's yeah. trying to egg him out. That guy was not out till 3 a.m. at Prime last night. I can tell no, you that he much. Wasn't. Or unless he, he, just, he just got here from there. <laughs> right. <laughs> he didn't yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, would like, I mean, I would like him to come to the house sometimes, yeah. right, and, and help me get through the morning workout. Help you with your Peloton streak. Yeah, just, just hop, you know, just give me like, 10 minutes. It's yeah. like Kendall Tool yelling yeah. at you, though, right. or Olivia <laughs> That's right. right? That's exactly Exactly. what it is. Well, you mentioned how the Colts manage their cap space. Mm -hmm. When you look at this impending free agency period, we're going to hit free agency before we get into the draft, which is the purpose here of the NFL Combine. What are the areas of free agency that are particularly strong or particularly weak this year where you might the Colts might be pursuing you mentioned Colts being close but needing some pieces where are those areas of free agency the Colts could make some additions with guys who are going to come available on the open market I don't get the sense that it's overall an especially strong free agent year and I think that's why you know this draft is of such significant interest to people. I mean, like, the Colts' biggest piece of offseason business other than figuring out quarterback is probably getting that Quentin Nelson deal sure. done, right? So that's that's internal. I would think, you know, is, I, I don't know if they agree, but I, I think they probably could stand to beef up at receiver. And there are some interesting 
look, the Cowboys are going to cut Amari Cooper. Uh -huh. You know, Chris Godwin's a free agent. Allen Robinson. I mean, there are some really accomplished players at that position. If you felt like stretching and, and paying top of the market value for a guy because you need a one to go with Pittman, who you really like. Yeah, I, I could see doing that. Um, and I mean, everybody always needs help on the back end of the defense, right? And, and I think there are some guys out there. But overall, I mean, most teams don't like to hit free agency hard. I know the Colts are one of those teams. Mm -hmm. um, you know, wait for the second wave, third wave, find some bargains. And I think that's probably going to be the approach this year, too. You mentioned the approach. Do you see the fact that we had the two teams go to the Super Bowl, the Bengals and the Rams, got to the Super Bowl doing so in very different approaches yeah. with how they built their roster? How does that force any trends this offseason? How will other teams take cues from the way either of those teams built conference championship, Super Bowl contending type of rosters. We, we've talked about this, like the idea of would teams try and copy what the Rams did. But I, I, think there's a, I think there's a slightly inaccurate perception out there about what the Rams did. Of those two teams, the Bengals spent significantly more in free agency last year and the year before. I mean, the Bengals, I think, gave out the fourth most money of any team in free agency over the last two years. They needed to. Right, the Rams roster was already strong, and then they add Stafford, and then oh, Von Miller's available. Yes, that could really help us. Let's do that. So it's a really targeted approach, Odell right? Whereas the Bengals were like, we need offensive line, we need build a whole defense, a pass rush, we need right. So um, I think I think the lesson is the first and most important thing is to figure out what you are, right? Like, what kind of team are you, and then what do you need to do about it? So. I think if you really looked at those two teams and the different ways they went about it, you'd say, well, the Bengals, they drafted the quarterback. They knew we need, we need to hit this. We think this guy's special. We need to hit this window when he's on his rookie deal. It means we need to get outside our comfort zone and add players to put around him so we have a strong team right away. And it worked. Um, whereas the Rams had been built. They had been in the Super Bowl, what, two, three years ago? And, you know, they have superstars, right? I mean, you have Aaron Donald. You know, so they're like, well, what are we missing? Well, we could – our quarterback's okay, but if he was great, we might win the Super Bowl, and then they got a guy who, who could be great. So I think that's the key, right? So if you're the Colts, if you're any team right now, you're huddling going, well, what, what are we really? And how close are we really? And then what do we need to add to get there? And, and what's the best way to do it? One of those spots that the Colts do need to address is left tackle. Yes. And that's, that's one that – you know, we'll see what happens with Teron Armstead mm -hmm. in New Orleans. But if, if he winds up staying in New Orleans, somehow they, you know, wave a wand at the cap and make it go away for another couple of years. And as they do. As they, as they often right. do. Uh, <laughs> then Eric Fisher probably becomes the number one tackle on the wow. free agency market. What do you, I don't know if you've heard anything about him, but what do you anticipate the market looking like for him at left tackle? I mean, look, I think, I think a veteran left tackle, if he's healthy and he's accomplished, is always going to be of interest to teams. And, and, and it may be that the Colts decide the best thing is to try and keep him. It may be that these guys that are throwing around these bench press numbers right now are the guys you should be looking at for your left tackle because this draft is supposedly strong at the offensive line positions. So uh, it's tough. I mean, look, the Colts went through this. Literally a year ago, right? You signed Eric Fisher, who wasn't even healthy when you signed him, because like that was your best option. Uh, it's it's a very difficult position to find. Armstead is going to be, if he gets on the market, very very highly sought after, because players like that don't usually hit the market. So 
That, that's a tough one. I, I think it's almost, I mean, quarterback gets the headlines and for good reason, but I think that's almost as big an issue for them as, as, as the quarterback position. First time we've been back here in two years yeah. in terms of the NFL Combine, and one thing that we learned recently, there are more players coming out and available this year because of some guys who took additional years oh, yes. for a COVID year and all of those things. The amount of work that is done, the amount of assessment that is done, and then for you, the amount of contacts guys were able to see. What's been the greatest benefit for you this week in terms of approaching the next you know, month and a half to two months that we are talking about free agency, the draft, and then evaluating all these guys going into their first few weeks with their respective teams following the draft? For me, it's FaceTime. Like, I mean, that's what was missed in 2020 and to a large extent last year as well. I mean people are more likely to call you back if they've met you in person yeah. right like i mean that's so you try to meet people there are people here that 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 help you throughout the year and this may be the only time all year you see them in person so last year we didn't get to do it so to me like being back here and i mean it feels like nothing ever happened which is kind of in some cases a little unnerving right here in, yeah. in this packed restaurant or bar and you're like, Wait, should we be wearing masks i'm not sure but it, it's nice to feel like you know that, that we've come out of the whole thing but i think there's i for me personally it feels like people are in pretty good moods to, to be just to be around and and feel like normal again so i think that's been the biggest benefit is just sort of getting back to doing the job the way it's most effective and most enjoyable. So, yeah, it's just, to me, it's felt like the same old combine, which is great. I hope I hope they don't move it. I, that was literally what I was going to ask you <laughs> next because, you know, there there is all that talk about it. Um, you know, Dallas, Los Angeles putting in bids for it. I thought it was interesting, Dan, you know, going through the, the transcripts of the coaches. Yeah. The only coach who, outside of, you know, our guys here in Indy, who talked about how much he likes a combine in Indianapolis is Mike McCarthy, yeah. who's the head coach of a team that is bidding to host the combine, yeah. uh, which I, I think he got you. in trouble for that, right? Yeah, he might have. You're on your off message, <laughs> yeah. Mike. You're you know, supposed uh, to tell you, yeah. bring it to Dallas. Yeah, but yeah. just uh, from that standpoint, when you think about what Indianapolis has to offer for the combine, and, and what just what what number combine is this for you here? Oh gosh, I mean, well, you know, I was a baseball writer for right. 14 years. I didn't start covering the NFL until. 20, 21, 21 reps. Uh, 10, okay. right thereabouts. So it's however many that is. You've probably done, you know, 10 or more here. I, I never, yeah, somebody was trying, somebody was telling me yesterday, like, oh, well, if you're walking back to the hotel, you should try going, I'm good. Like yeah. on, on Indiana, downtown <laughs> right. Indianapolis yeah. geography, I'm, yeah. I, I got it. You know where you're going. <laughs> right, yeah. is, If it does move, how difficult would it be uh, to replicate everything that this is, you know, this has to offer here? I think it'd be impossible. I mean, I, I think because, first of all, people would react in a way that, that made it more difficult. Like, I think maybe fewer people would go, right? Mm -hmm. And part of the, part of what makes it so important for me to come to this event every year is you can just, you can make no plans and walk around and just bump into enough people to make your day worth it, right? So, in Los, I just spent a week in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. I didn't see anybody I knew. Like, it, it's so spread out. Mm -hmm. So, um, that we would lose that, and I think that would be unfortunate just from the standpoint of the reason. I, I, we have so many people that cover the draft, and the player evaluation is not what my background is. Like, I don't, I, it's not that I don't pay attention, but that's not, I'm not here to see these guys run the 40 and, and, and do the bench press. I'm here for the other stuff because it's an NFL convention where everybody, right. and if that weren't the case and it was spread out over a place like Dallas, Fort Worth, or Los Angeles, I would personally find it, I'd have to think about whether to go. Honestly, like, I'd probably go the first year and see, uh, and then maybe you know, assess whether it's worth it. So I, I'm, on, I'm strongly in the camp of don't mess with a good thing, but I, unfortunately I think they, they want to. 
Dan Graziano from ESPN. Hopefully we see you at the Combine back here. I hope so. Next year. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure.